Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. How do you respond after experiencing a huge defeat, disappointment, or challenge? Do you get angry and take it out on others? Do you internalize it and block others out? I can't wait for you to hear from J.R. Martinez about what he did after an accident that burned and injured him so badly that he needed 34 surgeries. Let's get to it. J.R. Martinez's accident in Iraq changed everything. His post-high school dreams and goals and his appearance. And not surprisingly, he fell into depression and he was angry and resentful. Can you blame him? And for JR, there wasn't one aha moment, but one of the most important moments in helping him become the man he is today was saying yes when asked if he would be willing to speak to another patient. Stay tuned to find out what happened and why it mattered so much. After graduating high school, what compelled you to join the Army? So I had this, um different perspective than I think a lot of my peers did. So as I alluded to earlier, my mother's from Central America, El Salvador, and I had the incredible honor and blessing to go to El Salvador as a kid many times before I graduated from high school. And as a kid that grew up with very little, right? My single mother didn't have a lot. I, I only felt that when I looked at my friends around me and I saw that they had the newest gaming system or the newest shoes, and yet I had the stuff that I wanted on layaway, you know? And, and every week, it was a fun thing to go and make that payment and be like, ooh, how many more payments till I get to have those shoes on my feet? I would wear the same pair of jeans three times a week and just kind of change the shirt out just because I didn't have a lot of options. And my mother did the best that she could. And I, but I started to feel that and compare that. Well, I remember going to El Salvador at the age of nine years old, man. And where my family lives in El Salvador, they, there's no there's no water in the house. There's no electricity. There's no restroom. There's no TV. Literally, you go to the creek and that's where you get drinking water. You go to another part of it. That's where you wash the dishes. You go to another part of it, and that's where you take a bath. You use the bathroom in the woods. We're talking about lights, well, guess what? You wake up when the sun starts to come out. You go to bed when the sun goes down, even if that means you're going to bed at six o'clock in, you know, in the evening. And, and, and I just remember just having like this different perspective and, how it, and what it did is it just made me grateful for what I did have in the United States. Even if it wasn't as much, I had a lot. So when 9-11 happened, I was a senior in high school I remember sitting in class and watching what was happening on, on, on the news, on, on TV, like everybody, I'm sure, around the world, and just thinking to myself, like, wow, whoever's doing this is threatening my family's livelihood, freedom, opportunity to live and experience. And I just became sort of passionate about it. But it wasn't, it didn't get to a point where I immediately, when I graduated from high school, like, that's what I'm going to do. I sort of floated around trying to figure out what I was going to do. And then the military presented itself as an option. And to be honest with you, at that time in my life, it made all the sense in the world. I wanted to give back to this country. I wanted to be able to go to uh, the military and get money for college. I wanted to be able to travel and see the world. I wanted to get a little bit more discipline. I knew that that was going to be good for me. And so I joined the army. 
And my thought process was I was going to do three years, man. You know, it, it was a, it was a huge driving force, you know, just for me to try to find a way to give back. And once I got into it, then I started to buy in and love this element of service and purpose. And that started to become my identity as a young 19 year old. And then, of course, you know, life had other plans. JR, 19 years old, in the U.S. Army. You suffer a combat injury in Iraq. After the initial chaos and the adrenaline and medicine wears off, where are you and what were some of your initial thoughts? Um, I start overwhelming myself with long-term. Long-term, I'm, I'm told I can't stay in the Army, so I can't continue to fulfill that dream that I had or that goal that I set out for myself. I'm looking at my face and my body, and I'm a completely different person. So I had to learn how to embrace and accept this new identity because I had lost both of my identities. I just fell into a place of being depressed and angry, resentful, and I would tell everybody, I would have been better off if they just left me in the Humvee to die because I'm never gonna have a life. I'm gonna be alive, but I'm never gonna live. And there's a difference between that. So what was the turning point? Because I mean, you're such an inspirational person. So who or what got you to change your mindset? The cool thing is, is I want people to understand is that there isn't just one moment, right? The last 19 years and the things that I've accomplished is literally attributed to many moments over the course of 19 years. The first moment was six months after I was injured, I was asked to visit a patient who was having a difficult time. And I was 20 years old at the time. And I remember walking into his room and talking to him. And all of a sudden I realized that I was able to have this positive effect on him. So what I did is I started visiting other patients every single day in the hospital in between my own appointments. And from that, I learned that I can still serve. And I, it, it allowed me to sort of tap back into my purpose and my identity and, 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 and just being of service to other people. So that was the first one. But then I got into involved with a nonprofit raising awareness for service members a year after I was injured. And that was another moment where I started realizing the positive effect that I was able to have on other people because I found my voice and I understood how to communicate. And then I got into speaking and, you know, there was just all these little moments. And when you look at them in the grand scheme of life and my life, they're not monumental, huge moments, right? They're not going to be the things that are going to stand out, but it's all those little moments, all those little moments that just carried me. If I had a crappy day to day, I would have a moment. And then all of a sudden that moment would carry me for six months until the next moment. And so my life is just made up of all these little cool moments that have allowed me to just say, I gotta survive and I'm okay. That's incredible. You have so many inspiring keynote speech topics, but the one I wanted to focus on was the why me question. I think that's a real natural question young people often contemplate after something bad happens in their life. Why me? And I know you earn a big speaking fee, I'm sure, but can you share just one of the encouragements around that question? You know, we are such an impatient society and human beings, we want the answer right away, especially in this day and age, right, where we can have access to information pretty much immediately. One of the challenges is, is understanding that everything in life it revolves around timing. And I know that you want to know now. I know that you want it now. I know you want everything to happen in this very moment, but everything is about timing. And the way that I look at it is, 
You may want it right now. You may want the answer to that, but you're supposed to go through some things first. So when the answer does present itself, when the reward and the opportunity does present itself, you've learned what you needed to learn in order to take advantage of that opportunity now. Because let's say if you don't go through what you need to go through and then the opportunity presents itself, well, who's to say you're really gonna capitalize on it? You're probably not gonna really be able to capitalize on it, why? Because you didn't learn what you needed to learn. So to everybody listening right now, I want you to understand that everything in life is about timing. And if it doesn't make sense right now and you're asking that question why, I'm asking you to be patient. I'm asking you to look around. I'm asking you to pay attention to the things that are happening in front of you and understand it's because I'm meant to learn. I'm meant to learn something in this very moment. It doesn't mean it's never gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Just in this moment, I just gotta be learning something so I'm prepared for that moment. Actor, motivational speaker, best-selling author, podcaster, dancer. I mean, you're just one of the most well-rounded people that I know. When did someone discourage you from trying something and what inspired you to persevere and push on? Um, So when I got out of the army, I unfortunately had not developed a lot of confidence in myself. And so I just allowed other people's language and belief of who I am and what I am to become what I am. And that's what I believed. What I mean by that is that people started to say, you're a disabled veteran. So when I got out of the army, I just introduced myself always as a disabled veteran. That's what I am. And what I started to realize is that there was a lot of restrictions placed on me because I would introduce myself as a disabled veteran. Because the minute I said that, people hear the word disabled and people hear hear veteran. And immediately, because their lack of knowledge, they immediately go to this place of, this is somebody that can't do a lot of things. This is somebody that is from a veteran space that probably only knows so many things. So I stopped telling people I was a disabled veteran, which is horrible when you really think about it because I'm so proud of what I was able to contribute and give back to this country. And it was taken away from me because other people said, well, you're just a disabled veteran. Why don't you just talk to veterans? That's probably the best place for you to be. And I'm thinking to myself, I I think I have a story and and I can share things that probably apply to people all over the world. You don't have to be in the military. And that was something that people kept telling me, you can't do it, you can't do it, you can't do it. And finally I took control. After three years of being in a really tough place, I finally took control and said, you know what? I'm never again gonna give other people power to determine what my identity is and should be. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you can immediately get the latest episode. If you have any comments or questions, visit my website, seankjensen.com and go to the contact page where you can even leave me a voice recording. Winning is not everything, but the three H's to be a real hero in life are hustle, humility, and heart. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, and we'll see you again next time.